what if there were a fountain of youth pill that could add decades to your life? Would you take it? Unlocking the Fountain is a podcast about the mysteries of aging and the scientific quest to slow, stop, or even reverse it. When do you think we're going to have the first 150-year-old? I think that person's already alive. Unlocking the Fountain. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Okay, so that one's straight orange. Okay. And then you want a combination of what? I like a little splash of orange and a splash of pineapple Ooh. juice. Pineapple? Okay. I'm going tropical, baby. This was Mother's Day last year. You're hearing three voices. Julia Lipscone, Shannon Tyler, and Shannon's partner, Lee. Uh, yeah. Julia's husband, Jesse, was sick that day. So she turned to the most obvious person to hang out with on Mother's Day, which for Julia is Jesse's first wife, Shannon. I love your sweater, Shannon. So we've got blended parts of a blended family sitting in a park in Edmonton as their kids, their kids, play around them. Getting to this point wasn't easy. It took work, but they did it. Shannon has a good relationship with her ex, and Julia has a good relationship with her stepkids. But Shannon and Julia have never sat down and talked about their relationship with each other. Until now. Oh, and you made a friend already. Excellent. I'm AC Rowe, and this is The Doc Project. Today, for Mother's Day, the anatomy of a blended family, as told by its two moms. First up, Julia Lipscomb. I met my husband, Jesse, at the Toronto International Film Festival in 2014. I was an entertainment journalist in TO. He was an actor and producer based in Edmonton and was there networking and schmoozing for a few days. We were at one of those movie after parties. Our connection was instant. And later, we made plans to meet at the bar of the Shangri-La Hotel. I got there first. This significantly older, sloppy guy was getting real close on the stool beside me. So I texted Jesse and said he should pretend he was my boyfriend when he arrived. He did. And we proceeded to pretend for the next few days while he was in town until we were just together. On the second day of knowing him, while Jesse was in the bathroom, I flipped to his Instagram profile. There it was, a photo of him with another woman and, apparently, their two children, at a music festival just three weeks earlier. I briefly panicked. When he returned, I asked him about it, you know, to make sure this was really his ex-wife, and I was quickly assured when he explained that he and Shannon, then separated for nearly four years, were on good terms. At the time, their children, Chili and Trip, were six and four years old. And their friendly relationship was honestly a relief. I didn't want any uh, baby mama drama, I think they called it at the time. During those initial three days in Toronto, we talked about Shannon. We talked about how she was first friends with Jessie's mom through musical theater and remained friends with her now, how she still attended his family holidays. So, in my head, there was never a version of being in Jesse's family that didn't involve seeing a lot of Shannon. That was my expectation from the beginning. What I didn't expect? The relationship that I wound up having with Shannon over the years. One that's really hard to name. 
there's a lot of baggage around blended families. Exes aren't supposed to get along, and ex-wives and new partners definitely aren't supposed to get along. And stepmoms? We don't exactly have it easy either. Stepmonster, evil stepmother, homewrecker. You've seen the Disney movies, right? And there, my faithful huntsman. Like Snow White. You will kill her. But your majesty, the little princess. Silence! Or Cinderella? There's the large carpet in the main hall. Clean it. And the windows upstairs and down. Watch them. Oh, yes, and the tapestries and the draperies. But I just fit. Do them again! And the truth is, while I think those stereotypes are bunk, being a stepmom is hard. And when kids are involved, there can be real animosity between a lot of new partners and ex-partners. I've seen it in my own friends' dynamics. I didn't want anything to do with any of that. So, here it is. Two and a half months after we met, Jesse and I got engaged. And three months after we met, I had quit my amazing job in Toronto and was living with him in Edmonton, about to start working at the Edmonton Journal. This might seem kind of wild, but in my mind, I was 30 years old, I'd had my share of dating experience, I knew I was going to marry this man, and waiting seemed pointless. I intended to be with Jesse forever, so I didn't worry about scarring the children, and they seemed to like me. Because everything between Jesse and Shannon was so amicable, I thought I didn't need to worry about it. I remember the day Jesse came back from Toronto. We were standing in my kitchen. He was telling me about his trip. And he told me the story of meeting a woman in a red dress. There weren't any follow-up details at the time, but I could tell that there was more to that encounter than he was letting on. I'm Shannon, by the way. And I was informed fairly quickly that Jesse was serious about this woman, that she was planning on moving to Alberta, and that his intention was to marry her. And it wasn't much later after that that I learned that Julia was, in fact, the infamous woman in red. The boys actually have no memory of Jesse and I ever living together, so I like to think, perhaps naively, that they were spared the classic divorced parents' grief. However, I think they just experienced it differently. Chili in particular, when Julia moved in, Chili was about six, and he seemed to feel the anxiety of all the changes. I got a call from his grade one teacher, just kind of wondering if he was okay, because he seemed to suddenly have this black, moody cloud over his head. We kind of wondered what it was until Chili said to me, It seems like ever since Dad met Julia, he's forgotten about you, Mom. So that transition was hard. So I think I was very naive. Um, And I let myself off the hook because I just said, well, if him and Shannon are friends and they've been broken up for this long, then it must be fine. The kids will be fine. Kids are, you know, this thing. Kids are resilient. And but like looking back at it now and you reminding me of that story about Chili, I'm just like, fuck, like I just took for granted that the kids would be fine. And yeah, I, I, I would do things differently now. I mean, I would do differently. I think I would have waited a little bit longer, Mm -hmm. not a long time. Um, 
or maybe we all would have could have had more of a frank discussion about it. I don't know. I just I feel badly about it. You know, there could be lingering resentments. You know what I mean? Like you just never know. I naively assumed that I could waltz right into this situation guilt-free. But I wasn't a mother yet myself. And I didn't really consider how moving in with another mother's children after being with their father a mere three months would feel for Shannon. She was outwardly supportive and gracious. But on the inside, I know now that that wasn't easy. Oh, yeah. Like, it was hard. Um... After we split, after the divorce, it's like there are all these stones in front of you, right? And you're like, oh, here's an emotional stone I have to pick up and look at and examine and put it down and get over it. And there's all these different stones. And you always think you're done, Mm -hmm. but you never are. Mm -hmm. You're always surprised when a stone is thrown in front of you. You're like, oh, God, here's another thing I have to deal with. So you were like another big stone in front of me. Oh, God, now there's a serious relationship. And this person is going to be a stepmother to my children. Oh, okay, I got to pick this up and I got to deal with it and figure out all my emotions around it. Shannon is the kind of person who everyone considers their best friend. You know what I mean? Like, she might have three best friends, but 15 people consider Shannon their best friend. She's the person who, if someone's not fitting in, one of the soccer parents, for example, she'll go and sit with her. She's the kind of person that gets roped into being the president of parent council. Everybody loves Shannon, like everybody. And it's very easy to see why. Warm, unpretentious, funny, hand gestures, thoughtful gifts, loud laugh. (laughs) Of course, I didn't know all of this before I met her. I knew her to be an important member of the Lipscomb family. And from what Jesse told me, she was cool and kind and a great mom and a good singer and a lover of music. Julia came to Edmonton for the first time in the fall of 2014. It was time to meet the woman Jesse had set his mind on. We met at Kinsman Park. And as I told Julia, there was a reason I chose the park. It needed to be someplace where I knew that I could walk away and be emotional if I needed to, because I'm super emotional. I knew that would happen, and it was way better in a park yes. than it would be to say, excuse me, I'm just going to go into my bathroom and cry for a little bit, and then I might come back out and we can start talking again. <laughs> I remember it the exact same way, and that it was your idea, and then Jesse was like, we'll come to your house and bring coffee, and I was like, mm, yeah. No. Like, should she be hosting us for this? <laughs> See, now that's weird. Yeah. So despite feeling like Shannon was this beloved person, or maybe because of it, of course I was nervous to meet her for the first time. Jesse and I had been together less than two months. I don't remember a lot of what we talked about, but I do remember her welcoming me to the family. We hugged. She was emotional, I could tell. And looking back, she was quieter than usual. And Shannon had her own thoughts about me. Here's Shannon. So I thought you were very brave. Brave how? Brave. Well, first of all, you came, and then you were willing to meet me and the boys. Like, you were very confident and brave, which I, I admired. Um, and then you had some really cool boots on. And so I was like, oh, she's got cool boots. I like that. <laughs> Shannon, for the you record, uh, has very many pairs of cool boots. <laughs> it's kind of her signature yeah. style. I would say the relationship flowed naturally from there. We were friendly, but not close at first. But it kept getting easier to be together. 
I can't pinpoint the moment when we really became friends. It just happened. We did kids' birthday parties together, of course. We saw one another at school and sporting events. Shannon still came to the family gatherings at the Lipscombs. It was nice. But also, I was trying to prove that I belonged there and that I was a positive influence on the kids. Jesse and I got married 14 months after that first meeting with Shannon. We knew we wanted a child together. We also wanted our baby to be a kid when his brothers were still kids, so they could grow up together. So we got down to it pretty quickly. And two years after we met, we were welcoming a third boy into the fold. I was so thrilled that Indy would have two doting older brothers. Chili and Trip are wonderful kids, but they are at their extreme best as big brothers. Caring, kind, emotive, helpful, loving, and above all, nurturing. I knew, hoped, that Shannon would love our son too. So when I first learned that you guys were pregnant, I went from um, having an emotional breakdown and I have to work my way through these feelings. And I remember thinking about the baby blankets that I have. Like, here's the baby blanket that Jesse came home from the hospital with, that I took my boys home from the hospital with, and all these beautiful blankets that grandma made. Like, she's not getting my blankets. Those are those are my kids' baby blankets. She's not getting. She's gonna have to go get her own blankets. <laughs> so I went from that, and then you know, nine months later, or less than nine months later, um, eventually I was okay, and I took the blankets out of the closet, and I kept a couple for myself because, you know, knowing that maybe I would get to have India a couple nights, and then I gave you Jesse's blanket and the rest of the blankets. So when you brought Indy home from the hospital and I brought the two boys to go and meet Indy for the first time at your house. And this is the moment I knew every, every ounce of work I did emotionally to get to a better place was worth it. Was sitting on the couch, holding Indy and watching my boys fall immediately in love with this beautiful little boy and kissing him. And loving him. And I remember sitting there, instead of feeling resentful and awful towards you and this little baby, it was a beautiful thing to watch my boys fall in love and be able to feel that. AC here. Coming up, how other people react to Shannon and Julia's mom-stepmom bond, and how the two of them handled some of the stickier moments. Sit tight. I'm Jonathan Goldstein, host of Wiretab. Each week you're invited to listen in on my telephone conversations, whether funny, sad, wistful, or even slightly strange. You never know just what you might hear on Wiretab. I mean, I knew you had a show. I just, I just didn't think that people actually listened to it. How are you? That's the breath of your genius, Jonathan. It's not just that you're funny, but you can be cripplingly, poignantly depressing. The Wiretap Archives, available on CBC Listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. When I said naming my relationship with Shannon is hard, what I mean is that co-parent doesn't do it justice. And we're not friends that, like, text every day. Sometimes we go the week without much contact. But it's deeper than being friends. We're close. There are terms like stepmom and stepson, but there is no term for husband's ex-wife. There is no term for my ex-husband's kid my son's little brother, or my son's brother's mom. We only became more aware 
When people would look at us with raised eyebrows at baseball games and school functions, trying to figure out how everyone fit in. Jesse came up with the word Tuma, that's T-W-O-M-A, like second mom for Indy to call Shannon. I remember wondering if it would actually work. But what do you know? Tuma! It stuck. Shannon has helped me with indie pickups from daycare when Jesse is working out of town on a movie or in a play. Often, during those times, we'll have dinner together or drink wine in one of our kitchens. And Indy spends the night at Tuma's house once or twice a year. Indy loves Tuma's house, and she's like somewhere between a third parent and a favorite aunt to him. This is Shannon. Yeah, it's very weird. But what's weirder is that other people question it. Mm -hmm. So I get people who think maybe my relationship with Jesse, what it's evolved into, and my relationship with you is like a weakness on my part. Okay. You're a stronger person if you're angry still over whatever reason your marriage broke up. If you are being stubborn and standing, you're like, that's a position of strength. And I don't get that. That's, that's not it. Like, I think that's the way my parents felt for a long time. They didn't understand. They were angry parents because their daughter was heartbroken. They were like, why are you doing this? We think it's dumb. And just a couple weeks ago, my dad said to me, you know, we didn't understand it, but now I get it. Now we see it. And I'm like, wow, that is the first time you acknowledged what I was doing was A, positive, B, comes from a place of strength and not weakness, because I'm pretty sure that's what they thought for a very long time. People usually respond overwhelmingly positively, often wistfully, to our situation when I tell them about it. And I'd say the folks in my circle who are like, Shannon is amazing for doing that, versus you're amazing for doing that, is about 60-40 in Shannon's favor. Most people in blended family situations want what we have, I think. And although our family dynamic requires humility and a lack of ego, we also just got lucky in our choices. We're three people committed to self-examining and growing, apologizing, forgiving, and adapting. That's essential. Not everyone gets that. I know a lot of people, I mean, I don't know if they say, they probably say this to you in different contexts. Oh, that is so amazing. You can do that. Mm -hmm. That you can um, be this person for Jesse and his wife and his family. Like, it couldn't happen if you didn't share your husband with me, which you do. Uh, Not in that way, but, you know. Not in that way. (laughs) You know, I get, I, if you weren't so open with sharing your child, like, you could be protective of all of that the woman comes into a new relationship and there's an ex-wife and you don't want to share you don't you just don't want that to happen it happened because you're okay with it have there been times when things were difficult we are human so there's been the odd thing here and there there was one tense texting incident one summer after i had a stepmom stepson situation and i uncharacteristically went off in the group chat You see, step-parenting can feel very thankless. You are not the preferred parent, and sometimes that's painfully obvious. So this particular weekend, Jesse was working. Chili had a baseball tournament and Trip had soccer. I remember that I canceled my plans that weekend to help shuttle Chili to and from his baseball games 
which are like 30 minutes north of our house. This all with Indy tagging along in the back. And when it came time to go to one of the games, Chili was giving me a hard time. And I get it. I'm not mom or dad. But it was particularly hurtful that day for a few reasons, including that I had canceled my plans on a sunny Edmonton weekend. I didn't want to be driving him to baseball and hanging out at the ballpark with a three-year-old for several hours any more than he wanted me to be driving him. I drove him to his game, but then I text Shannon and Jesse, outlining the afternoon's events and basically instructing them to figure it out for the rest of the weekend. I was letting myself out of sport duty. As you can probably imagine, this was not received well. Ooh, yeah. I was I was a little hot under the collar. <laughs> like... <laughs> Um, I understood where your hurt feelings were from because he's a preteen and he's snooty and he's being a jerk to you. Like, I get that. I was like, you don't get to quit. You don't get to say, I'm out. You guys pick it up from here. I mean, maybe you do get to quit. But in my mind, I was like, no, you're a stepmom. Like, it's just part of the thing. And I feel like you just took it too personally. Yeah, well, I don't know how I like. I'm. I don't know how you not take it personally, but like step parenting is, you know, it's kind of a unfair gig because the kids are kids with kid brains, and they do not have to even pretend to like respect you as much as their own parents. Right. So it's not. But you have to try your best and. Mm-hmm give them the same as you give your own kid, but this, they don't have to do that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you just want them to understand everything that you, your intentions and your effort, and they don't. You just want to feel, like, appreciated. But that's asking a lot. I feel like that expectation's too high. Yeah. Like, we're just fumbling through, aren't we? <laughs> Shannon and I might disagree over whether I was justified in bowing out that weekend. But that's okay. I apologized via text, and it was fine. And I knew it would be. Motherhood is difficult. Stepmotherhood, also difficult. Marriage is difficult. But having Shannon has made those things easier, not harder. Okay, there was that one time, that one Mother's Day. Jesse spent hours, hours compiling a video of baby photos and videos of Chili and Trip to give to Shannon. And then we watched it like 45 times. It was really sweet. I don't remember what he got me, but it did not take hours and hours. I was miffed, but only for a fleeting moment. The truth is, Shannon has never been a wedge between Jesse and me, but there was definitely a time she was the glue. In early 2019, Jesse and I were having a tough time. Long since resolved, but it was definitely the low point in our marriage. One night after watching Game of Thrones, it came to a head. I was distraught. I ran out into the car and dialed Shannon's number and bawled. I wanted someone who understood this man to help me. And I know this sounds pretty far-fetched, but a part of me wanted her to talk to him for me. Over the course of the next several weeks, Shannon and I talked about it occasionally. Not all the time. I didn't want to burden her. There's a fine line there. Yes, we're close. But this was also her ex-husband. And this wasn't her stuff anymore. But sometimes we would talk about it. And I'll never forget what Shannon told me. Sitting on the front step of my house in the sunshine, it was Mother's Day 2019 of all days. 
She told me that even though it was feeling really, really hard, she said if she were me, she would stay in the fire a little longer. It turned out to be really good advice. I've wondered about that advice. Um, because you, I like, you never know what somebody else is going through. And for me to be bold and say, mm, maybe, like, don't be, don't be in a hurry. This is a long game. You don't, you don't need to make a rash dis- judgment or decision. You can, like, try and sit it in a long, little longer and see what happens. You get, what do you have to lose? So I wondered sometimes if I, if I should have said that or not. So thank you for for saying that it was okay because you know part of it too is I'm invested in your relationship Mm -hmm. I want your relationship to work people always tell us how great this is for the kids it's true it is great for the kids I often wonder when our kids will realize that blended families aren't usually like this maybe they have already the thing is though it's not just for the kids and it never really was Jesse and Shannon have wonderful chemistry, and it's very obvious when you're around them that there is a lot of love there. And it stands to reason that if the love of my life married someone, that I'd probably like her. And I do. I really like her. And I've told her as much. I think just like the ease of our, that we've kind of moved beyond amicably co-parenting into like a real family unit Mm. um, was... (laughs) you know, somewhat unexpected and just really nice. And I, I don't know if I would have asked myself if, if, if Julia seven years ago would have been like, oh, well, you'll, you'll be fine with sharing all the family holidays, but maybe you'll secretly wish that you weren't, you know what I mean? But just the fact that we don't feel like that. And yeah, so I think that's been good. I'm so glad you feel that way. <laughs> because I, I am in your family space. Like, if you think about it, which I'm sure that you have, (laughs) I'm in your family space and you share your husband with me. Uh, I share my kids with you. You share your child with me. But I still only have 50% Mm. care of my kids. So I still get to have kid-free weeks. I plan vacations Mm -hmm. and I go away without (laughs) kids. Right? So (laughs) I have it really good. So hopefully... (laughs) I can at least uh, be of some benefit You're to you. You're of lots of benefit. <laughs> and Jesse, he plays a big role too. And I think he made really good wife choices. He made great wife yeah. choices. I don't know about the other two that he proposed to. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I've realized over the years. Women can be set up in this world to be competitive and jealous. Or at least we're told that we're that way. How could two women be friends when one is married to the other's ex, right? But this story is about so much more than Jesse. That's why you haven't heard from him. It's about two moms navigating different relationships with the same children. We have these three boys that we're raising, and we have very different responsibilities to each of them. If we are really both trying to do right by these three beautiful brothers, how could we not have a strong bond? Julia Lipscomb and Shannon Tyler. That doc was produced by Julia and Shannon. It was edited and mixed by me. 
You can see photos of the full Lipscomb, Tyler family and all their glory on our website. We're at cbc.ca slash docproject. That's all for us this week. The Doc Project is produced by Tanera McLean, Julia Poggle, and me. Althea Manassan is our digital producer, and our senior producer is Allison Cook. I'm Macy Rowe. Thanks for listening. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.